0: Welcome. You're listening to W.O. Voices, a podcast series from Women in Optometry magazine. I'm Marjolyn Bailefeld, editor of Women in Optometry. We're delighted you could join us. We're here today with Dr. Monica johnson of Gross Point, Michigan. Dr. Johnson-Bow has opened her own private practice, a boutique-style location with all kinds of primary care services. Um, Dr. Johnson-Bow also has paid off her student loan debt faster than she had planned to and uh, you think the two are related don't you Dr. Johnson-Bow?
1: Most certainly they are. So I opened my private practice um, just about four years ago and in Rose Point Michigan which is where I live and um, truly in the previous settings that I was in um, I worked for an ophthalmology group after that I worked for a private optometry group and I very much appreciate the different experiences that I had. But in all of those settings where I was employed, I always will say that I felt like there was a physical feeling over my head as far as my earning potential went. And I never really felt like I could uh, reach the place that I wanted to go. And whenever I was interviewing with different practices or even with the practices that I was with, I was constantly hearing how much of an asset I was to the practice and you know, people were very pleased with the amount of effort that I put in and what I was doing. And one day I just realized, why am I doing this for other people? I should be doing this for myself. And so um, I we moved to Michigan about six years ago, and I took a retail lease at the time um, just to get me started when I moved up here, which I still have actually in addition to my private practice. And having that experience allowed me to realize that I was capable of being a practice owner. And Opening up a private practice just meant adding you know, the, the obstacle side of the business, and that allowed me truly to um, increase my um, finances quite a bit, thankfully, due to the success of my practice, and that is really what allowed me to accelerate my loan payoff. I actually was on a 25-year repayment plan for my student loans, and I paid them off um, within 10 years of graduation. I made my last payment back in December, which I'm very thankful
0: for. Congratulations. That's a big, uh, that's a big milestone. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, and so you, you chose this 25 year repayment plan, probably because it, it sort of makes sense when you're staring at a big amount of debt and you're thinking, okay, well, this is what I can manage on a, on a monthly basis. Exactly. Yeah. When did you start to say, um, you, you know, I can do this faster?
1: So it actually about, right about a year and a half ago is when it really hit me. So up until then, I was, you know, making as much as I could above the minimum payment. I never was making minimum payments. My goal was always to try to pay double my payments if possible. But, you know, we go through seasons of life. And when I was, you know, a mother, I have two daughters. And when I was in those childbearing um, years, I was not, you know, paying off double, triple my payments. I was doing what I could at the time. Um, So about a year and a half ago, I realized that if I really accelerated my payments, thanks to the success of my private practice, especially, um, then I could probably get them paid off right about the 10 year mark. So I actually wrote down a plan of this is how much I want to pay every month. And um, I was so excited each month to make that payment. I've never been so excited to make a large payment in my life. And I would check it off my list. And then every month I would do the same. And then finally, December of 2019 came and I made that final payment. So um, it was, again, thankfully, um, due to that growth in my private practice, and then I'm also a speaker in the industry. um, So I have really tried to work hard, um, especially over the course of the last five or six years. i worked mostly six-day work weeks over the course of the last six years, and so that's what allowed that to happen.
0: So what happened after December? Do you say, okay, good, now I can pull back a little bit, or or are you squirreling away, um, you know, money for other things?
1: Yeah, definitely. um, I'm not one to slow down too much. Um, So I am very much now focusing on investing um, in retirement, um, which I was doing a little bit of previously, but I'm going to be accelerating that tremendously. Um, I would love to pay off my mortgage, which actually costs less than my student loans. <laughs> so um, I've I've definitely been living below my means, um, which I am a huge proponent of for anyone that's trying to pay off any kind of debt. And so um, I would love to have that paid off. So, yeah, I, I don't intend to slow down too, too much, but I probably, you know, will a little bit.
0: How, how old are your girls now?
1: They're nine and five.
0: Okay, so uh, that's I'm, I'm sure they're filling up your weekends too.
1: <laughs> yes, they fill up a lot of life, which um, I've thankfully been able to find a good balance among all of the things that I'm doing. Um, being a business owner has allowed that to happen, thankfully.
0: Tell tell us about that because that's that's obviously a squeeze for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, so um, having my private practice. Has allowed me to, you know, lock off an hour or two if I want to go to my daughter's class party or um, do field trips. And honestly, my older one's in third grade, and I truly haven't missed too many of her field trips or class parties over the years, um, because I'm able to, you know, dedicate that time. So when I'm traveling and speaking, I make sure that I don't choose days where my daughters have anything important going on. And I thankfully have um, an amazing support system. My husband is a huge, huge support. So I know that it's not just me that needs to be the one that's present in their lives to have balance. So um, he helps with, you know, everything. In fact, he does a lot more than me when it comes to a lot of things as far as housework goes. And then uh, my mother-in-law is helpful. She lives nearby and she helps us with them as well. So Uh, There's a lot of balance, but I try not to let myself have the guilt of I have to be there for everything. I enjoy my work. I love what I do. And they see that in me. And I feel like I'm giving them, you know, something to help model their own lives after. And um, I really, truly enjoy that.
0: And, And I think you mentioned that you also limit your travel.
1: Yeah, so again I don't like to um schedule any travel when I know that there's something important in their lives going on. And when I am traveling it's typically for 24 hours. Usually they look forward to it. They know that when Mommy's gone they get a movie night with Daddy. And so it's very easy for them to handle 24 hours away from me and um you know they know that I'm working and they are excited to see, you know, where I am and teaching them new things about that. And then there's, you know, there's Perks that come with that as well. So that travel um, helps facilitate our family vacations, and we like to travel as well. So there's benefits that they reap uh, from Mommy's hard work and uh, from Daddy's work as well. He's my practice manager, so he helps keep the ship sailing. So, um, yeah.
0: That's great. That's great. And uh, that's interesting. So your husband is your practice manager, so your revenue has really supported your entire family.
1: Yes. Definitely. So he has always been in business. And um, when we were looking at opening the practice, I was very much um, wanting to do it if he was going to be the one running the business side of things. Although I do love the business side of optometry. I have a business minor. Um, I feel like I have a pretty good handle on these things. I realize that I'm just one person. And with as much as I do travel, I like to um, know that the practice is in good hands on the days that I'm not here. So so yeah, we basically threw all of our eggs in one basket, according to a doctor that was <laughs> warning me about this. And I was excited to do that. But again, I have my resale practice. I have my speaking. So I always knew that I had that security net um, in case things weren't going to go well with the private practice that I would be able to fall back on. Um, so I took a big risk, but I still, you know, I did it wisely and I made sure that I had those backup steps in place.
0: It sounds like with your business background, this wasn't, entirely a leap of faith I mean you you, you clearly you had a, a business plan
1: I did and when it came time to you know go through all of those things and setting up the the practice I had a lot of people advising me to reach out to a consulting group and allow them to um, you know help me through it and write my business plan for me and do the research and I really didn't want to do that I wanted to do that myself. I felt like that was the rite of passage for opening a private practice. I wanted to learn how to write my own business plan. I wanted to do the research and, you know, specifically find the need in my community that I was going to fill. And I feel like so much of that has allowed me to have the success that I've had um, and with my husband as well. So we both kind of put all of our effort into doing this ourselves rather than just writing a check for someone else to do it for us. And um, being really hands-on in the practice, I do the work of multiple people, as does my husband. Um, we delayed hiring people because we wanted to make sure that we were putting money back into the practice as we grew, and so that again has helped us as far as the revenue goes, and being able to, you know, pay off our business loan, pay off my student loans. Um, all of that goes down to us probably doing the work of, you know, two people at least each, if not more. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So what did Gross Point need? I mean, what did you identify there?
1: So um, when we moved here, I was actually pretty surprised that there wasn't a more modern um, type of practice with independent frame lines. And, um, you know, I had visited the different practices around and I just kind of felt like they were each offering something different. And I wanted to bring um, independent frame lines to the area. It's a, you know, it's an awesome community. um, And there are a lot of people that are, you know, business owners, and they travel a lot. And I knew that there was probably a lot of people that were probably leaving town for their eyewear, because they didn't want, you know, a lot of different brands they see everywhere they go. And so I, again, took a little bit of a leap there, but we thankfully were very well received and so many people agreed with us. And they said, you know, after we opened, we had patients that were telling us, I used to wait till I was in Chicago or New York or in Europe to get my glasses because I didn't really like anything that was available here. And so um we have thankfully filled that void in our community. And then that's also allowed me, of course, to grow my practice as far as like medical eye care and treating dry eye and Doing specialty contact lenses, um, but a lot of what gets people in the door initially is they um, like our frame lines and going with like that.
0: Great, great, and and of course your optical dispensary is 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 set up as a as a boutique. I mean, this this is the kind of place you walk by and want to come into.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we have um, what um, is a very much like locally um, looking type of. Boutique practice, so we are called Focus Three One Three. I Care Three One Three is the area code here in Gross Point and Detroit. Detroit has had this awesome rebirth over the past few years that we really wanted to be a part of, and um, so we really just wanted to draw that in. And all of our shelving is like reclaimed wooden shelving from old Detroit homes that was uh, built for us by. Um, local uh, wood crafters here in the area. And we have like a wood wall behind our check-in desk with like our logo lasered into it from Detroit Laser Company. And, um you know, it's all very much local. We actually just had our a moss wall installed this past summer. Um, So we're always trying to do things to kind of refresh the space and tie in the local area. And people love it. We get compliments on our business name. We get compliments on the look of our office. We didn't want to just look like your average um, optometry practice. And um, thankfully, that's been well received as well.
0: A moss wall?
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's a moss wall. So I see these when I travel. Um, I saw one in Paris at the airport that I absolutely loved. Um, last year uh, well two years ago now and I thought I want one of these in my office so yeah it's um, it's, some people call them a living wall although ours is dehydrated so it's not actually alive we don't have to water it Um, but it looks like it is and there's a glowing eyeball light in the middle of the moss wall and it's just a really cool um, you know attention grabbing piece of art in the middle of our space it's pretty large it's like about six feet by four feet Um, and a lot of people use it as a backdrop to take selfies of themselves in glasses, or um, we use it as a backdrop for our photos, for our, you know, social media. And,
0: and it's pretty nice. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I, 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 I think I have seen those in, in hotels and things like that, but that's a, that's a really great idea to, to sort of create this social media uh, l- location uh, within the practice too. How important is, is social media marketing to, to you?
1: Um, It's pretty important. So we are pretty active on our Instagram and Facebook pages. And um, more so Instagram, actually, I always tell people that when I post something, I'll get maybe, you know, 20, 30 likes on Instagram, and then I'll get like three on Facebook. And it's like, you know, my dad and my sisters. So um, so Instagram is definitely the one that most of my patients at least, um, are interacting with us. You know, I'll post something in our Insta stories and I'll have patients that, you know, reply, oh, I love those sunglasses or those are great. And then we'll post pictures of our patients in their glasses or repost their posts of them wearing their glasses and you know um educating people on dry eye or on different contact lenses available so it's a really great way to you know stay in front of our patients and kind of remind them of you know what we're doing and that we're here and just keep us fresh in their eyes instead of just once a year when they come in for their appointment
0: that's great that's uh that's terrific it sounds like you your career was moving along um, well with, with being an employee, but you decided for financial reasons or for other reasons to, to open your own practice?
1: Um, it was a mix of both for sure. So definitely I was hopeful for the finances to be a big part of it and to be successful there. Um, but truly being my own boss and being able to practice the way that I want to practice and, you know, be the one that gets to do the social media marketing and gets to create, you know, this mock wall in our office and all of those types of things. I really wanted that. I wanted to be a leader in my community. I wanted, you know, to be able to go, you know, to yoga and run into patients and I get to do all those things now and I absolutely love it. So there was a lot of that that I was um, always kind of wanted to have as, um, you know, an optometry student, what I envisioned myself doing one day. So having that, dream come to life was a big part of it as well but um the financial piece was something that i i knew that i would be have like limitless um finance financial growth potential because i wouldn't have somebody else that was you know taking a large portion of production um as it is typically an employed situation so following my heart um and opening my practice is truly what allowed me to shave those 15 years off of my Student loan repayment, and um, in addition to that, just allowed me to have benefits that I really didn't even realize were possible, and things that um, that I'm realizing day after day.
0: Right now, having been an employee, right now it's it's you as the uh, sole doctor. It is, yeah. Do you think when the time comes, if you're going to be adding associates, has your experience as an employee sort of? Um, made you think about the kind of uh, boss you want to be?
1: Yeah, that's definitely a good point, and I have thought about that. So we've been slowly adding the number of doctor days that I have at my private practice um, very wisely as we grow. And so eventually once I max out on the number of days that I'll be here, definitely looking to expand and hire um, down the road. And so I will definitely be – you know, making sure that I incentivize doctors um, as far as how their earning potential goes. And I, I want to be a mentor. I've had amazing mentors in my life and I want to be able to mentor them into growing into their full potential. I truly am grateful for all the different settings that I've worked in and the opportunities that I had that led me to this place, because I can honestly say I was not ready to be a private practice owner in the way that I am currently when I first graduated from uh, Optometry school so I learned so much in each of the different settings that I was in um, and each little part of that ultimately led me to have the confidence to open my practice and take that risk and go for it so I am grateful for those
0: and it uh, um, and the fact that you were were able to accelerate your your loan payments is is obviously a big a big deal too you you, you don't think you could have done that
1: yeah I definitely don't think I could have um, accelerated my loan payments in that way. I was, again, paying more than the minimum payment. So maybe I would have shaved a few years off my loans, but um, interest definitely adds up. And a lot of um, what I paid off, uh, a huge chunk of that was interest. And it would have been even more if I had have taken the full 25 years to pay off my student loans. So um, just definitely made that possible. Um, in addition to, you know, maintaining my retail practice and speaking, and, you know, between the three of those things, working six days a week, most weeks, so. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, that's a lot of work, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that commitment, obviously, commitment pays off, and and you're an example of of that. Uh, Dr. Johnson-Both, thank you so much for being part of uh, Wo Voices.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, and I hope to inspire students out there or new grads out there that are um, hoping to you know, shave off their student loans and follow their goals as well. And um, just remember that, you know, the harder you work, the uh, faster it'll come and you'll get there too.
0: Great. Thanks so much. Great words of Thank advice. You. Thank you Thank you for listening. I hope you join us again next time on W.O. Voices. If you'd like to be part of our podcast series, please contact us. You can email us at W.O. online at gmail.com. Or via our website, womeninoptometry.com, on Facebook at WL Magazine, or through Twitter or Instagram at WomenODs. See you next time.